Welcome to the Love the Skin You're In podcast with Nisi and Bill, where we hope you too can find body acceptance and self-empowerment through nudism. Well, welcome to the first episode of season two of the Love the Skin You're In podcast. In this episode, Bill and I sit down with Gary and Brenda. Gary and Brenda are longtime nudists and are two of the founding members of Oak Lake Trails Naturist Park. In this episode, we hear about their entrance into nudism starting in the early 1970s and how they became founding members of Oak Lake Trails. They share the humble beginnings of Oak Lake Trails, the growth and prosperity that hard work and dedication has brought about, and some insight about handling the challenges faced by nudists and clubs moving forward. Gary and Brenda could easily be described as modern-day nudist pioneers. They are the last of the original founding members of Oak Lake Trails. They didn't do it alone, but their vision, dedication, and literal blood, sweat, and tears laid the foundation that so many amazing and dedicated members and shareholders after them used to build what we like to refer to as our happy place. Thousands of people have experienced the freedom and benefits of nude recreation at Oak Lake Trails because they, along with the other founding members, took a giant leap of faith and created a little slice of heaven on earth. Over the last five decades, they have served and continue to serve on several ANR committees and boards. Our friendship with them is another example of how nudism bridges the generation gap and allows friendships to blossom that otherwise might not happen. We hope you enjoy our conversation with Gary and Brenda. Welcome back to the Love the Skin You're In podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Nisi. And with us today, we have Gary and Brenda. Gary and Brenda are founding members of Oak Lake Trails Nature's Park. When I say founding members, they were one of a group of about five families that about 20, what is it? I guess it's 30 years ago, 32 32 years ago, pulled their resources, mortgaged their houses, sold their stuff, and decided they're going to open a nudist resort. And because of their vision and their their planning and their guts, really, we're now members of Oak Lake Trails. And we're going to sit down, we're going to have a wonderful conversation with them. So thank you so much. We're actually in um brendan gary's house here at oak lake trails it's a really neat place I've, the first time we've been here thank you for having us in your home yes thank oh, you love, we love having folks so oh yes um so <coughs> what we'd like to talk about of course we've talked about this before we sat down is the benefits of nudism and the ability to or naturism we, we flip flop back and forth of course um the benefits and the the impact it has on people's lives and what i love about us talking with you right now is something we have talked about in other episodes is it transcends so many things um for those of you who don't know of course gary and brenda are baby boomers uh, <laughs> we're we're gen x we've got millennials but being a naturist or a nudist transcends generational boundaries. We're friends with you folks that you know we are not of our generation yet. We come together here, and we're friends. And it's it's a wonderful byproduct of the environment we chose to participate in. So thank you again for having us. So let's let's get right into the nitty gritty. Of course, we have our. Let's start with this. We're, 
we'll go ladies first, okay? Brenda, where, where are you from? Where'd you, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Florida. Really? So you would think I would be natural nudist, but it wasn't really anything <laughs> the family did, but my dad was a natural nudist. Uh, when you say natural nudist, we talk about how was nudity treated in your home. So it, it wasn't mentioned, but it was casual. Okay. My dad would be nude when he slept but you know dressed during the day so it was just never really something that I did but it was something that I could see I guess internally you see that there's nothing wrong with it sure that uh, it's a very natural thing if you want to sleep nude you sleep nude if you want to sleep in pajamas you sleep in pajamas my mother wore a nightgown my dad didn't wear clothes to bed so it was one of those things that I saw you, you did what was comfortable for sure. you. Right. So it was purely a comfort issue. And she, where did she's, you grow yeah, up? Oh. Yeah, 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 Denise is looking at you, I'm like, take the cue, babe. I, I haven't grown up yet, that's the problem. Uh, I grew up in Maryland, Baltimore, Maryland. And uh, nudity wasn't uh, really common in our house. Uh, my dad uh, said that he never saw my mom uh, in 50 years of marriage nude. Uh, she used to come home, and I had thought, forgotten about this till he mentioned it many years later, that she would come home and put a flannel nightgown over her clothes and uh, undress under her flannel nightgown. Wow. Now, years later, my dad came out here. When we first started this place, my dad came out here, and on Father's Day, he'd come out here, and he loved it. And he, he just thought it was, it was really great. Unfortunately, he died in 1996, but uh, he, uh, he was at home out here, so uh, he, he took to it right away. But, uh, yeah, that's how we, we, we grew up. So, growing up in, a, in an environment where nudity was not a thing as a young boy and a young man, a teenager, did it have effect on your body image at all? Uh, no, well, yeah, I guess. I remember the Tom Thumb wedding we had when I was six years old. I had to sing for it in church, and uh, I would hide in the closet to change pants. Uh, that was the, the modesty we were taught. Now I realize it's not, the modesty is a euphemism for the word shame. And uh, that's, I think that was imbued by my mom. But uh, I remember when my mom and dad would leave the house on Friday nights and go bowling, and I was home by myself, I would be nude. Do you have just, any brothers or sisters growing up? Yeah, I did. But at the time, they either were taken with my mom, and my bro older brother was six years older, so he was out on his own. And uh, then in high school, one of my friends brought in some nudist magazines, European nudist magazines. And then people were playing volleyball and fishing and uh, roasting hot dogs all nude, and I thought, Man, this is really, really neat. I so that that's the seed that was yeah, planted. Yeah, someday, someday I'd like to do this. But you swam nude in high school. Yeah, in, in our high school, uh, we had an Olympic-sized pool, and for for six weeks, we had devoted, to, or four weeks, we had devoted to swimming. And if you could swim four laps the first week, then you were considered, quote, a swimmer, unquote, and didn't have, you could screw around the rest of the time, and they would teach the rest of them how to swim. And we would swim totally nude, 1963. Well, that was the thing. I mean, yeah. you, you hear a lot about like the YMCA's yeah, back in the day, yeah. the boys club, you know, mm -hmm. that there was no bathing suits. Exactly. I, mean, I, yeah. I don't remember that personally, but I, I've had many people share that with me. Um, again, we're yeah. another generation sure. removed from yeah. that, right? Um, so Brenda, how about you? You know, you told me earlier that you're an only child. Yes. So you're, you know. I didn't have siblings. Yeah, so. As know how they at, felt about it yeah. <laughs> didn't have anybody to really discuss it with but well with dad being nude and, and mom not really did, did as you became a young lady um did did I, your 
view of nudity change or did mm. it change in the house no not really i i mean my dad was nude like that sleeping up until the time he died sure and um but i never gave it a thought because i i never had any bad issues with nudity I, sure. nothing bad ever happened nothing good ever happened so it was just one of those things i did not think about about it one way or the other sure for either one of you whoever wants to answer first um, as you became adults um, how did you view your body how was your body image I guess I never had a real problem with it it just never dawned on me that oh this is my body and you know this is how I'm developing and I, I was adopted so I couldn't look at my mother and say oh gee I don't look like her I don't look as good as her or as bad or whatever because I was adopted so it was like nope this is me and that's it and <laughs> sounds I, healthy uh, yeah, well, so that's I, good. I, I guess for whatever reason good or bad I didn't have I never had any real bad body images now our daughter one day she happened to be looking in the mirror and she said oh mom this mind you she'd been brought up as a nudist so she was nude in the bathroom and she happened to say something about this boob one boob is bigger than the other and i said well that just means the other one's smaller <laughs> i said if you think of it that way i said but if you put your body together if you look down half you know you're not going to match anyway you, one hand's going to be smaller or bigger than the other so and that's, that's very common a lot of people don't understand that. that's I mean, just the way your body that, is more often than not we're they're not, not the same size you, we're not totally symmetrical yeah. you're going to find one boob is a little bigger or a little sure. smaller than the other if you actually measured them same thing with your feet my mm -hmm. dad said one leg's always going to be longer than the other so why you, would it be any different you know that's not any different so you know don't worry about it right you know if you happen to be able to see the difference then well you just have to figure out how to deal with it <laughs> okay so you both came from an environment where you were comfortable with your bodies and you and, and you know then you meet obviously you, <laughs> somewhere along the line your stars crossed and you yeah. came together um as you entered into your married life as a young couple how was nudity treated in your home uh, we were pretty much open, yeah. I think. Uh, we were comfortable with each other nude. And in fact, our first house we bought, I was in the Air Force, and we bought a house and put a fence around it. It was in Arkansas where, you know. The, yeah, I know all about Arkansas, <laughs> yeah. Lyville. And uh, so we put a fence and we got, so we would tan out in the backyard a lot. And then when I was sent out to California it's for uh, training out there, uh, I was a pilot, uh, we went to Black's Beach. And uh, it was a Labor Day, Labor Day weekend, and it was amazing. You couldn't find a place to put a, a, a towel down. It was so crowded. Wow. And they had a lady walking around with a clipboard uh, trying to get people that were new out there uh, to uh, give names and everything to promote Black Speech so they could show the local economy that people come from out of state. And they never talked to us because we had a total tan anyway, so yeah. they thought we were probably from there. <laughs> <laughs> and, we, uh, we had to go up to her to say, said, hey, hey, what are you doing? We're, we're here from Arkansas. <laughs> and, then, and then we moved to uh, Altus and we had another fence. Uh, and we put in, we were new there for the three years we were there. And uh, now we're here. Uh, you once told me that um, being at home, you 
started being nude around the house a lot so you could keep the air conditioning a little well, bit warmer, save some money. Well, yeah. well, that's kind of what started yeah. it. Yeah. In Believille, the electric bills were, the electric rates were very, very high. And when it came time to sell the house there, uh, we would keep the, we wouldn't even use the air many times and just turn, put a fan in the window and that sort of thing because we were comfortable when everybody else was sweating. And uh, when the realtor saw the electric bills, he says, is this a special energy-saving house? Yeah. I said, think what you will. Well, I'll leave these out. I want the people to see that you've got an energy-saving house here. Yeah, and, uh, okay, sure. So uh, <laughs> that was a selling point. But uh, yeah, we, we live... Uh, you didn't tell them the secret to your success. Right. Right. No, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, nudity has been something that when we can, and you know, nude when you can, uh, we had, I uh, say, one lady lived out here, in fact, in this house. She said, the nude is nice, but warm is wonderful. So when mm. it gets cold, we obviously wear clothes. Sure. But, uh, and we're all sitting here fully clothed because it's 30 yeah, degrees it's, and windy outside. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it's cold. Well, when we were in Altus, uh, before we had our house built, we stayed in the house of a guy that we had known in Blyville. Okay. It was in the service with Gary. And so we were clothed around the house till we happened to see him one night we went into the living room and he real quick rolled up into a rug <laughs> in front of the fireplace and then he admitted that he was nude and that he was a nudist and we said oh, oh well thank you. so are we can we go nude around the house and he said sure so there were many times i was either nude in the house by myself nude in the house with my husband and him or nude in the house with him and it was and perfectly normal because it was, it was a non-sexual environment we were both well, simply nudists. I'll tell you another story there too. Uh, when I was flying for an airline, uh, she was at a she was a, a trustee for Anner, and she and two other men that were uh, uh, also trustees that we had known for years and years uh, stayed together in a room uh, in on Lake Como. Uh, Lake Como, uh, the R same room. And here this room smaller people, than yeah. They probably <laughs> thought their wives were nude were in a house with two other nude men. Uh, just the three of them, they would probably have some ideas, but I know the, I know all three of them, and it didn't even occur to me. It was so funny. I slept on a cot. <laughs> now, you, you mentioned, of course, you were in the military. You, you retired from the Air Force, and thank you for your service. You know, I'm a veteran as well. You love to say that, but I mean, no. Um, you know, we had talked about this a little while ago. Um, during your career in the service, did the military find out you were a nudist? I don't know. I talked with some people uh, about it, and they were, you know, they thought it was interesting. Uh, what was interesting when I was flying for the airline, uh, the chief pilot has to get out of the office every so often to keep keep current. Sure. And so he and I were up in New York. It was Long Island, and uh, we had a long layover. We just finished jogging a couple of miles. He was six foot nine, I think, and I'd take 14 steps to his three. <laughs> uh, killed me. But we're sitting there eating lunch, and he says, you know, we should have brought our bathing suits. We could have gone so da da da. And I said, you know, Bob, I don't even own a bathing suit. And I went on and on about I'm a nudist, da, 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 and he pulls his wallet out and pulls out an Anner card. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so uh, it was kind of funny because uh, uh, so he, uh, uh, you, you, you many times in, in the cockpit when I was talking about people, I would carry pictures of Oak Lake where nobody was in the pictures. It was just showing the facilities. Sure. And uh, most of them found it was fascinating. Uh, there are some people, though, that you know right away, by the way they act, they wouldn't accept it. So there's no point in wasting my breath. I just simply wouldn't you know, bother talking to them. Sure. Uh, but uh, most people were found it uh, interesting. Well, tell me more, you know, and, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, uh, rarely ever did I ever hear a negative comment. And uh, so that was uh, one of those things that uh, uh, I found uh, encouraging. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, what, what about friends? Do you have friends that don't know you guys are nudists? I'm sure we do. Uh, we also have friends that um, I've strategically taken a nudist towel that, that had a logo on it to their house when we were swimming at their place, but I had all my answers ready. <laughs> when she asked, what does that mean yeah. on the towel? And when I told her and explained about nudism and about Oak Lake Trails, because our kids were used to uh, swimming in a pool nude, and if they had to put on clothes, then they'd just put on the clothes outside. Well, I was telling them when we were going over to this house, the pool was outside, that they would have to go inside to change clothes into a swimming suit that they were not used to wearing, mm-hmm. and then if they wanted to put their clothes back on, they had to go back in the house, and go in the bathroom, or whatever room they had assigned for changing clothes, and do it that way. And it was so funny because after asking the question about what is this towel, and I explained, <clears throat> the kids said, <laughs> after about an hour running in the house and having to change clothes and all, now we know why you're nudist because it takes too long to go take, take off this swimsuit, put on our clothes, and then if we want to go back in the pool, we got to go back in the house and do it again. <laughs> so it's just so much easier. It was so funny, but that was the whole reason for taking the towel was to kind of, because I kind of figured this might happen. Yeah. With the kids being little, because they were like under ten. Yeah, and kids time. don't have a filter, and it's no. probably going to come up. Oh, we don't, we don't wear bathing suits. At our well, house. I'll tell you. When well, our, that was the other thing. Yeah. When, oh. I, when our son was in high school, uh, Oak Lake Trails is four hundred nineteen acres, and we were the largest landing club in North America until uh, De Anza. De Anza. Uh, which is now no longer. Which is now longer, and it turned out that De Anza was even using part of the state. Park or State yeah. Far Street uh, as, the, as part of theirs, so it wasn't really fair. But at any rate, <laughs> uh, we were the largest, and so our son had a bookmark in the page of the Guinness Records uh, with Oak Lake Trails, uh, showing people, his friends, that uh, this is the largest nudist park in North America. Oh, and by the way, my parents own it. Well, <laughs> what, what he, he probably did, said that. Too. What he did is he had a card, the business card from Oak Lake Trails with Brenda and I name our name on it. As a bookmark, yeah. and he says only one person realized that, and yeah. uh, so it, he thought it was kind of a joke at the time, and uh, but uh, he was he was okay with it, and so Stacy's okay with it. Most of yeah. our friends turned out that they they, they are nudists uh, uh, that we've known uh, in the Air Force and the military. Uh, but, uh, we have been nude and had them over our house. We had barbecue. They brought their kids over and swam in the pool and both Altus and down here at uh, in the Oklahoma City area. And so uh, they, uh, it, it's, there's very few that we associate with that aren't just because, uh, you know, uh, that's just the way it has gravitated. Now I belong to a, a pilot club that we beat once a month and we were on Channel 4 uh, interviewed from out here. And when I went the next Monday on that next month, uh, I got kind of some ra- razzing with other guys. They all laughed, and I told they them, didn't I, know. Well, no, they didn't at the time, but they, they do now. Know. <laughs> Everybody knows. They that, like man. me because I have some of the best jokes, and uh, <laughs> uh, so it was. Okay, funny. so to be fair, this we're talking about that generational divide. Uh-huh. You've got some dad jokes 
that are way older than my dad jokes. <laughs> just, just to be clear. Well, I, I have a lot of shirts. More I'll like grandfather something. jokes. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I have to tell you something. During, during COVID, uh, we didn't go, I don't know if you put this on here or not, but during COVID, uh, we didn't go for several months because she had a heart condition. I didn't want to. You don't want to run the risk. Absolutely. And so it didn't run the risk. And I, I'm, when, when the, it's a very, very informal meeting. It, it Once a month, we go there and, and they, they, they uh, basically ask if there's any visitors and, and and they finally ended by saying any jokes at this table anybody but they always look at me first and, <laughs> and I have I have to say I have some of the best ones I think because I spent a lot of time cultivate them cultivating them and most uh, of the guys are older than he is oh, okay. yeah yeah it's, it, it's uh, the average age is probably late 70s early 80s I mean, oh, really? but we have some of the 30 and 4 year olds too but anyway uh, so in the middle of this what this meeting was taking place when we did not attend I was home I was at the dinner table and I got a, a text message and it says, Gary, jokes are shit. We need you here. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, at any rate, uh, so but they, they were well accepted it. And ever since then, a lot of people have asked me questions. And I have had, I, I, my, I was just rather disconcerting last time. A, a guy asked me, and, and I did not have a business card. I do, do Oh, and I saw you take a whole stack I of them in the office earlier. I took a whole bunch of them, so yeah, I have yeah. a, a card because they, they, they find it very interesting. And sure. I, have, I have had... Very rarely have had anybody uh, basically disparage it or, or not think much of it. They're either not interested or they say, "Well, that's kind of I, I couldn't do it, but tell me more." Yeah. I'll tell you more. And, and I used to say that the thing about here is that it's the men who bring the women, but it's the women who stay. Oh, exactly. And that has found I have found that out over and over. We again. talked about this in other interviews. You know, actually, almost to the person, every interview we've done. It's generally the man who convinces the woman to give it a try, mm -hmm. and then the woman takes control, and mm -hmm. she's driving the bus for the rest of it. And because she feels comfortable. Yes, it, it's amazing because we he, we hear we've heard it time and time again, where, you know, like we had an episode with Terry and Mike Rush, and Terry needed, uh, they 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 really needed she needed some help, coconut rum. So she needed some liquid courage. courage. And then after she got over her trepidation and she came in and sat down and she figured out, you know, they're, they're making plans to live here full time. I mean, it, yeah. it's gone. And Denise and I have done that. Sure. I mean, we, we, there's, it's, it's interesting, like you said, the guys come, the ladies stay. The, the lady, once, once they get that feeling of safety that this environment brings, it's, a, you know, there, no one's wearing the pants in the family, but mama's driving the bus, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, happy is there's no tan lines. Yeah. Is no. there a bumper sticker that the women like? Now, of course, we talk a lot about Oakley Trails on the podcast because it's our home club and this is mm -hmm. our happy place. And you folks are very, very proud of this place and rightfully so. So I, I, I would like to, yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, I would like to just go into a little bit of the history of how we got here because it, it for, for, some of our listeners, of course, they're listening because they want to know more about nudism. Mm -hmm. But I think the story of a place like Oakley Trails deserves a little bit of time and a little bit of attention. So let me ask you this. You, you, you made mention of a place called, what was it, Sun Meadow? Sun Meadow. Yes. Of, it was Catoosa, uh, Oklahoma, near Tulsa. Okay, so was that your first foray into a what would be considered anner-type environment? Yes. Because yes. You, you mentioned black speech. Mm -hmm. So... That was like 1977. Uh, the, uh, Sun Meadow was about 85 when we joined. Okay. 
uh, our inner card goes back to 83, the year our daughter was born. Okay. But uh, we host, <coughs> we were members of a local group in the city. That we, was it like a non-landed club? Yeah, it was type a non-landed club. Okay. And so after our daughter was born, uh, we had an event at our house. One of the events was at our house during the summer. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a couple who had been to Sun Meadow, and they said it's a brand new park. It's opening up. You might want to wait a while to join there with your children so little. Mm -hmm. You might want to wait a little while. And that was Catusa. Uh, for those who don't know, was outside of Tulsa. Yeah, correct? Exactly. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, little club about five acres that they used for the club. He owned more than that, but he, they used about five acres for the club itself. Had it nicely fenced in, had a pool, volleyball, that sort of thing. And so you met a lot of the folks that eventually became investors here, exactly. apparently there, right? So yes. tell me how, what, what about Sun Meadow today? What? Well, Sun Meadow's gone because uh, Tobel and Lee, Doble and Leonite Moore. Leonite Moore later became the Southwest president and then the Anner president. In fact, she was on the um, uh, Conan O'Brien show. And oh, really? uh, Conan's so job was to be funny, be and her job was to tell the story. And uh, she, he would make a few jokes, and she would just chop him up. And <laughs> was really, she had a degree in psychology. She was a smart lady, she, also oh. a very courageous lady. She would go to the colleges and preach nudism and basically talk about it. And, her degree uh, was in divinity. Divinity, yes. Of all right. things. <laughs> and uh, she started a, a Sun Meadow and, uh, in the middle of the Bible Belt. And uh, so that's that's how we got started. And uh, uh, so, but they made it very clear from the outset that when their parents died, that live around here, they were both moving back to Florida, and which is what they did. So uh, we knew that it was time was limited as far as the, that club. And it was very small. Uh, they had like I said, I think 20 acres, but I think only five of it was actually it was dedicated fixed. to yes. club activities. And so we looked for some place. So one of the uh, the, the owners, uh, rather one of the members up there that we got real familiar with, they also had two children about the ages of ours. Started looking for property, and that's when he found this. They found this, and then uh, they, he got more and more of us involved, and then we came here to take a look at it. And there is a video I wish I had. Uh, the the guy took this video. It was a was one of these owners out here uh, he's, he's died so I don't know both he and his wife are gone now but he took video driving through this place and when we started this place all that was out here was uh, tall grass and ticks I mean that was it there was nothing <laughs> a and couple ponds <laughs> there, definitely lakes. a change yeah. well, we didn't know there were uh, the valleys and the you came up basically, we, we call it the plateau. A yes. big part of the yep. club here is on a, a high part of the property. Exactly. We call it the plateau, and that's where majority of the activities goes. But if you if you ever get brave enough and you ever visit Oak Lake Trails and you're brave enough, you can go out onto the trails, and there's so much more to the property oh, than the swimming is. pools. we got like 14-mile logging trails mm -hmm. and nine nine lakes. We call them lakes. It's yeah. not a pond trail, but they're basically uh, ponds. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, yeah, that it's beautiful, the right beautiful property. Yeah. Right? Very hilly, heavily wooded. And uh, so when we developed here, we realized it was only developed, uh, uh, it was only zoned as agriculture and commercial. So Brenda and I, we spent a great deal of time visiting Sapalpa with the, the Board of Adjustments, the Zoning Commission, and there was one other board we had to meet, and we had, I had to make binders up showing everything we stood for, what we're about, including in that was the Anner uh, charter. charter, which is the Code of Conduct and the Code of Conduct that we had. We had to submit that as well. And we got zoned for 14 different zones out here. And uh, I mean, they are everything from residential to duplexes to single family homes to equestrian stables to stores to salons. 
I mean, on and on. And, they were uh, so there's no restrictions on the property, basically. Not, not, essentially, no. Not, not, and uh, and they were very impressed with uh, what we had gone. He says we asked for these binders. He's the only one's ever done this, oh. and uh, so they were. In fact, it was unanimous. Uh, Did you get any pushback from the county when you told them, listen, we want to build a nudist resort? No. You're no. in the Bible Belt. I yeah. mean, you would think they'd be like, oh, no, that, we're not. No, not really. No. Uh, they were when, for when, us 100%. And we tried in uh, 2009 when Anner came uh, for his convention, we had a lot of people on the grounds. And some people, the people who came out here to interview us from some of the TV or radio station, I can't remember which one, went into Stroud and uh, said, what do you think about this nudist park out here? And they either got one of two answers. Uh, one, I didn't know it was out there. Yeah. Or two, uh, yeah, I know about it, and they're good people. They pay their bills. Yeah. And we have since become very uh, a good part of that. We 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 donate to their their schools and <laughs> their schools and uh, and and. Uh, it's okay. So you're a good neighbor. Good neighbor. The, the club is a good neighbor. And it's very very important. Uh, Ron, who was out here, he and his wife. She was uh, Carol was our lay preacher. Yep. She has since died, chaplain. Yeah. And uh, they would go in and do the the. Uh, um, for folks who don't know, Oak Lake Trails is very proud of it. We have non-denominational church services come as you are on Sundays here. We have a beautiful chapel that you know is dedicated to to, to Miss Gamble. I mean, her pictures and yeah. you know, I mean, so I, I, we were blessed to know her before she passed. She only passed a couple of years ago. Yeah. I mean, it's been yeah. about two years now. Um, uh, so. That's just an interesting tidbit. Another benefit of this place is we are we literally don't do anything immoral. I mean, we we actually have a church. I mean, it's great. Well, I think the the, the code that we go by out here, the honor code out here, is behavior that doesn't require an apology. Exactly. And uh, it's uh, we're we're probably more strict than most organizations. And it's kind of interesting. We had a TJ, a DJ come out here and do many of our dances. And uh, he did this all, usually our big weekends, 4th of July. And I asked him one time, I said, um, tell me something. I said, you, you see a lot, you do a lot of DJ. And I said, um, you see some outlandish behavior, some of them? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I said, where? <laughs> he says, you guys are tame, you're nothing. Uh, it's the high school and junior high school dances. You would be surprised what goes on. <laughs> oh wow, and, that's uh, funny. That surprised me, but uh, yeah, uh, we, we are just a very staged, tame bunch. And at any rate, uh, but yeah, and uh, the the gambles, uh, they would uh, the food banks, they would go in every Monday and help unload food and, and all this kind of thing, and we all donate to the all the charities and all that sort of. We still do that, so they know us very well. And the banks uh, we dealt with out of Stroud, uh, they very friendly. They know. Uh, they know all about us, and uh, um, so it's so uh, it's very, very, very. Well, important. they found out that we were wanting to build uh, our first uh, storage units out here, mm -hmm. and called to say, "Why haven't you called us for the loan?" And we explained that you know two of the owners out here were going to, you know, give money to to do that and charge interest and all, and they said, "No, come to us. We'll give you a better rate." Oh. <laughs> yeah, because the IRS has to, requires that we have to charge that. We had to charge five percent or something. He uh, says we can do a lower than that legally. We'll give you a better. And just rate. tack it on to. So we, tack we it that. on to your loan. They called when they found seeking that. Yeah. seeking our business. We we had uh, at first it uh, it was in Bristol. We had the bank. We, and yes. Then it was Stroud and. Uh, they were fighting. Both of the yeah, banks were they fighting were, to they get were our competing business. with each other. Which one That's would take funny. the loan next? Yeah. So uh, we are good neighbors, and we have good neighbors, and so we had. Uh, so when you came from Sudden Meadow, um, what was the deciding factor for you guys wanting to put your fortunes on the line and open a nudist resort? 
How did you get from, okay, we're really enjoying this. We, we're raising our kids in this philosophy. This is a wonderful thing for us. Oh, by the way, let's just sign our life away and open a nudist resort. How did you get there? Well, I don't know. It well, just we, seemed like the thing to do. If we started this place and we were paying for the property, so the nine of us and the families could be nude out here. If no one showed up at that gate ever, we would have a nice place to come out here on our, uh, by ourselves and enjoy sure. it. So that's how it started. And uh, uh, obviously we, we've done fairly We just well picked then, up so. great people along the way. Yeah. I don't know We We have we... a board, uh, as you know, as you saw today, that uh, we've always had a board of directors that were very competent, uh, very uh, diligent and dedicated. And uh, they, we weren't, we've never been uh, afraid to spend money. You build it, they'll come. That was my, I was in the board for 28 years and uh, I was at president of 17, as I mentioned. And uh, I, we didn't mind it, and, and hesitate to spend money where we thought we needed it. Those two big pools are a good example. And uh, so everything we've done and, and every time we've, we've had people come out here that had been out here for several months or whatever and they look around and go, my golly, I see where our money's going now. Sure. Oh, this is new, that's new. And that's-, that's One of the things important. that attracted us to making the commitment ourselves to maybe move out here, retire out here, is the philosophy of the board is uh, they've never taken a dime in dividends. All yeah. the money that is earned and the, and the value of the stock that has increased over the years is reinvested into yeah, the club. Absolutely. And it, it's created a wonderful environment. And, and, and thank you for your vision. Well, I mean, well it, that seemed to be what we decided to do, that when somebody invested as a stockholder, that money would be used for a project. Sure. That not for anything. It he couldn't was, go to pay bills. It had to be used as as a vision. Well, it was also you know, during the next building. The early years were difficult because we weren't big enough to be able to hire people to do anything, and so um, we had basically if it had if it had to be done, we would do it. And so the owners would show up and man the office, or we were the ones who put the fire, the electric uh, electric boxes in, or clear the area. We did it all ourselves. And so you, you worked your butt off. And when we first came out here, we didn't have electricity. And so we would bring uh, gallons of water out here, uh, out of uh, gallon plastic, <laughs> to be able to, uh, well, we, we were from the Oklahoma City area. The rest of the bunch were from Tulsa area. And so we would come out here and work our butts off on Saturday during all well, during the day, and then we would meet at this steak place up here north. But before we left and had to get dressed, we would punch holes in the we'd hang it from a tree and punch holes in the gallon jug, and so we could clean off, get the sweat off of us, <laughs> put our clothes back on, go up there. We'd go home to Oklahoma City. They go home to Tulsa. Next day, we'd all show up again, do the same thing, and we did that for until we got a well drilled out here and got power out here. And uh, so yeah, it's uh, now we're at the point where we're doing well enough that we can hire good, dedicated, competent people, whether they're CPAs or, or accountants or well, you saw the board. We got some really fantastic people, and uh, they really. Have and we draw them. from our membership. I mean, our, our yeah. corporate attorney is a member. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, our 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 treasurer is a member. I well, mean, it, it, exactly. Well, and they're just fabulous. We had people. we had two attorneys on our two judges on our board for a number of years. One of them, his picture, he's dead now. One of them, his picture hangs in the club, uh, hangs in the courthouse in Oklahoma City. Uh, I noticed that when I had jury duty one <laughs> yeah, back well, in I the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> I know and, him. And the other one was uh, uh, he was on our board as our attorney, our agent of record for many many years, and he was the longest. Uh, sitting attorney or st longest sitting judge in the state of Oklahoma. Was it War Acres or Bethany? War Acres. Uh, War Acres. And, uh, Which is close to Bethany. Yeah. So, so uh, <laughs> we had some 
pretty high power people out here that helped us uh, do the thing. Now, when you say they were out here, were they members yeah, or members, just supporters? They, they were both. Members. They, they were, they were, well, uh, they were stockholders. Members who had a lot. And, and that goes back to what we talk about when we talk about being nudists. When you come to a place like this, you don't know if you're talking to a judge, exactly, a ditch digger, a contractor, a cop, a pilot, a soldier. You, you, don't, you don't know you don't because know. all of that is stripped away yeah. and we're just people mm -hmm. and from all walks of life. Well, this judge, I, I called him by his first name the whole time. He was in his middle 70s the first time I met him until people knew him and called, called him Judge. Uh, okay. Why are they calling you judge? Is that your nickname? <laughs> well, when we had that, we, when we had our, our children's, uh, when we had our uh, kids pro, uh, program youth, out here, the youth 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 camp, youth camp out here, yeah. uh, even he had to get uh, a background check, according to Anner, and, you know, he, and to come out here and because yeah. uh, they protect the, the, the children out here. And so yes. uh, we asked him if he would come out here and speak to the children. He said, "Should I wear my robes?" And I said, "That'd be good." So he wore his judge's robes and spoke to the kids in the nudist park yeah. during the youth camp. And basically. The premise of his little speech to him was, you might think you're young, but you have to be careful of your actions because you could do things at your age that will affect you for the rest of your life. Let me tell you some stories. And so he did that. So it was very interesting. And uh, so we've had some real interesting people uh, out here, part of this. Uh, we've been very yeah. lucky. Yeah. Unfortunately, they have passed on. But. So obviously, Oak Lake is, is your very, very favorite newest resort <laughs> and we've been across the country to I was gonna say but what are what are some of your other favorite places oh that goodness you've we've been to Laguna del Sol out California uh, Cypress Cove is one Glen of my Eden in California uh, Glen Eden. Uh, the old De Anza Springs when it was there near San Diego Cypress Cove like you said Lake Como Lake Como was great you know, you've traveled to a lot of these different resorts, and you talked about the zoning and the and the vision stuff. Um, having been to other resorts and see how they, we were talking earlier in the in the meeting today about you know building codes. And, you know, yes. you, you were talking. I guess at the time it was Paradise Lakes or one of them, uh, Caliente. I think you said they mm -hmm. had. Unfortunately, neither one of those clubs are in, no, any longer interrelated. Right. They've gone another direction. But when they were building them they of course they had you know yes. building codes they want uniformity conformity yes. whatever else and all that so as you've been to these other resorts has that triggered thought processes of what you'd like oak lake to become oh heavens oh, yeah. Yeah. because uh both caliente and paradise are what i call single entry clubs mm. there's one door that you can go in and there's somebody there to that you have to show your membership card to to enter mm -hmm. and inside the premise since they have their alcohol licenses, you can't bring any kind of beverages into that enclosure mm -hmm. where the pools and the hot tubs and the, their recreation, all their boutiques, all that is inside the gate, inside this single entry. They're beautiful parks, but that's not the vision we wanted. We wanted more like where, how um, Cypress Cove is set up. They've got, you know, the pools are out in different places they've got their boutiques they've got their restaurants and they're scattered about the property that's kind of how we're set up here mm -hmm. now did you when you guys first started this and you're out here pulling the ticks and taking yes. water jug showers did you ever fathom what it would be today or is did it meet your expectations or did oh, it yeah. not oh. quite get there yet <laughs> this is far exceeded any expectations because a lot of the parks that we've seen 
we watched them either grow or not grow through the years that we saw them because we saw them back in the 80s and the 90s Mm -hmm. and some of them have kept up some of them have gone defunct because they never were able to change either their physical property was prone to flooding so they couldn't really develop it or like Sun Meadow they knew they weren't going to be there in In perpetuity in perpetuity so they knew there was no point in doing much to the property to advance it so we've learned by just watching those parks through the years either develop or not develop yeah I'm the photographer here and I was also the one for Southwest in fact Lee Eat Moore uh, who started Sun Meadow uh, uh, gave me the title uh, historian for life <laughs> and so I took the pictures when she saw the pictures I took in fact I, it's interesting because I've got the Sun Meadow albums here Hugh is from he, he remembers some stuff. He's another one. Oh, really? He was, I didn't realize yeah. he was from there. And okay. he's, he's, I finally brought these two albums out here, and if you can look at them if you like, uh, of the pictures I, I took over the years we were there. And he has yet to have time to come by. But when she saw that, she says, I want you to take pictures. So when we had the Southwest Convention, I would take the pictures. And I, I remember one mother of a very gorgeous young teenage girl tell her, see that guy over there pointing to me, he's the only one who's allowed to take your picture. And so I took pictures, but one of the other set of pictures I took of every place we've been is of signs and equipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember taking there was a was a sign they redone our we we've redone our office now but there was a sign up there it said uh, about behavior if you remember reading it it was between the pillars and uh, I took that from uh, Caliente uh, Paradise Paradise and it was on their hot tub and I liked the way it was worded so much I took a picture of the sign I took a picture of uh, uh, of some of the equipment I've seen the, the pool equipment uh, inside their filters and pumps and all this kind of thing pictures so, at Shangri La. Of their water system, yeah. Got, so you know, why reinvent the wheel? If, if you can see something stuff. you like, <laughs> you can email. You can model that exactly. At least give us ideas. So I, I was able to do that. But yeah, when you go around to some of these other places, you take what you think works. And uh, but the, like Brenda said, there's a lot of clubs that we are lucky. We started out as a sub S corporation, and we incorporated. And a lot of them are sole proprietorships. And where if they don't like the way you part your hair, you're not coming back. And uh, some of it was arbitrary by the owners, or if the owners die or decide their their children or some people don't want it anymore, they shut down. And we've known a number of clubs uh, closed down this uh, this past couple of years because the people that ran it got too old or whatever and decided to leave it, and they sold it with the idea that it would continue being a nudist, but the land was so valuable they turned it into a housing area and it's no longer new to them. we lost a lot of clubs that way and that's we can think of a handful just in this past year just, there's yeah. been three that you know and yeah. one, one of the oldest ones in the country Lupin Lodge out in California is facing yeah. extinction yeah. you know because well, Linda the the former owner and I mean she's yeah. retired and mm-hmm. you know she's well, offered Sunbell, all kinds of money for the property Sunbell, Idaho, Sunbell, Idaho, Idaho Juniper uh, Woods and Juniper Woods up in Pennsylvania in, or New York. New York New York well that brings up an interesting point we had talked about children you mentioned youth one of the things here at Oak Lake Trails is we welcome the young ones. Um, again, we're talking, there's a generation gap between you and I, and then we have my, our, our adult children come, and then there's other people here who've got little ones. And mm-hmm. um, if you could give some advice to people within the nudist world, what would it be with regard to the future of nudism or the f- future of our movement, for lack of a better term? Yeah. Because it, 
we're enter we're entering into some trepidatious times with regard to how people view things. Um, we talked about legislation in different parts of the country where, you know, just the fact that the kids are here could all of a sudden make someone a felon, you know, depending on how the wind blows. What advice, you've been doing this for quite a while, what advice would you give the next generation coming up to, to keep this inner movement, for lack of a better term, going in the, in the direction it's been and, and to keep it as wholesome as it has been. What advice would you give? Well, it's a good would, question. I would say, uh, first of all, uh, support uh, the, the organizations like ANR and NAC. They fight for our rights. NAC is the Nature's Action Nature's Committee. Action Committee. Uh, the ANR right now is fighting a, a bill up in uh, Ohio? Wisconsin. Wisconsin, Wisconsin, that's right. And uh, it, it was because the naked bike ride, uh, this, these parents uh, were naked biking with their daughter, 10-year-old daughter, and somebody took a picture from the back at a distance of their 10-year-old daughter, nude. And that uh, set off some of the extreme right-wing people in Wisconsin that they decided they were going to take action because they know they would make a, it'd be a feather in their cap or another scalpel in their belt. Uh, and this is what we're, we're seeing in this country today. Uh, right now, uh, women don't have the rights that they should have. Uh, teachers can't teach history. Uh, doctors can't dispense information that they, they do no harm. Uh, they, uh, some women, as you well know, have to go to another state many places. Uh, uh, parents can't parent their children and make the decisions, medical decisions that they want. Uh, now even uh, drag performers, and if you look at, there's a lot of Hollywood movies out there. I even, there was an old show with Milton Berle, he dressed up in drag. Well, that's, that's illegal if a child sees that in here. So it's gotten to the point now where if people do nothing, you know, the old saying that uh, when, uh, when they finally came after me, there was nobody left. Yeah. That's the situation we're having right now. We have people that uh, are voting their rights away. And the Anner is fighting this, this problem up in Wisconsin. And some people will say, I was talking to uh, somebody today that should know. I said, you know, the, the situation we have in Wisconsin. I know about that. Anner, I think, is really faulty in that they don't promote the job they do. I'm on the government affairs team and have been for 20 plus years. And we're seeing these kinds of bills. And I remember Lane Eight more back in the 80s saying we're under siege uh, in this country because there are a group of people uh, that don't like what we're doing. They don't understand what we're doing and don't care to understand. They just think it's something that they wouldn't do. So therefore, if we don't like it, you can't do it. Yeah. And that's scary because it's not just nudism we're talking about. We're talking about a lot of things, uh, individual rights. And this is what I get me on my soapbox now. Because <laughs> well, let, let, let's keep the let's yeah. keep it towards with the question was you know how we could talk about well, we could do a whole podcast just on well, politics. Sure. But well, how let's, can we <laughs> let's not bring your children. <laughs> yeah, and 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 be visible. Be visible. And there's so many people. And if have, you have a chance to join an Anner Club, do yeah. so. There are people we know that are that are very are pillars of their community, but nobody is a nudist. Well, then they think that the only people who join nudism are people that aren't worth. They don't do anything, but here you're a pillar of your community, and you are scared of people finding out. Well, we do it to ourselves. Our they own, need to be more like you. Our own trepidations. Like me? Yes. <laughs> our own trepidations. Well, is thank you. Putting the card yeah, well, in the... Well, well, what Brenda is alluding to is, um, of course, if you've listened to the podcast, I shared that I have 
a definitive line between my personal life and my professional life because of situations yeah. like what we're talking about. But uh, in my private life, I'm not ashamed of being a nudist. I, and I share, I have calling cards made up of about Oak Lake Trails and I'll put them in the, the card readers at the gas pumps. I mean, I, I'm an advocate, I guess you'd say. Not, I'm not, not a uh, activist by any means, but I am an advocate. Sure. Uh, so basically, put the word out is that the advice make yeah, you know, make sure that people understand what be, it is be not be ashamed of it not be mm -hmm. ashamed of be visible because if you are we've had people out here that uh, who's a member out here since 1993 mm -hmm. and it uh, was a cpa and he says our kids don't even know we're nudists they would disown us and i'm saying who would disown whom what but this is why are they ashamed what do we do out here that is so shameful nothing and so we do it to ourselves many times if we were willing to stand up and do what Brendan and I have done over the years, going down there and the people years ago in the Capitol, they knew us, they knew who we were, and they liked us. In fact, we got one of the guys that ran for Congress, we stuffed envelopes for him, and we got invited to the wedding. I got to sit next to John Stafford, Tom oh. Stafford, the, uh, the astronaut. Uh, uh, the, the Soyuz and you know they, okay yeah. and uh, I, I told him I said uh, next time I saw you I flew you to Dallas I was a pilot and, yeah. uh, on the airline I flew you to Dallas for a NASA physical he said yeah they're still doing that so they knew who we were and the people who just shrink from this and don't let people know that they represent this sort of fun family lifestyle we do it to ourselves by thinking that these people who don't like us and don't understand us uh, can get away with it it brings me to um, within the clubs. We talked about some clubs are closing and they're having mm -hmm. issues with growth or, or, or sustainability and yes. things. Um, Oak Lake is blessed to have multiple generations of folks out here. What you find interesting at your stage of life and what a 30 year old person finds interesting, do you think it's in a club's best interest to not be so set in their ways in the sense that, you know, what you find fun, your music, your dance, your, your activities. From my perspective, I was making an analogy to a few friends out here that the, the future of Oak Lake Trails and the future of nudism in America is capturing the millennials. Oh, yeah. Because they're coming into the next stage of their life where they're going to have more disposable income. Mm -hmm. So the challenge, I think, and you may or may not agree with this, is how do we attract that next generation Absolutely. because they everybody's got it in their mind that nudists are a bunch of old people yeah you know what i mean and there's a lot of gray hair out here i'm not gonna lie i've got more <laughs> blonde in my beard than i care to remember but i mean but it, it if you we're emotionally and of course financially invested in oak lake trails and we want to see it succeed but i do and i'm being honest and critical in a sure. sense there are there is a segment of the membership who does not want you mentioned don't want the kids here well sure. then apparently you don't want us to con exactly. continue to grow. I mean, yeah. but we've so, had that since the beginning mm -hmm. and i think you'll find that you go to any club that has some kind of sustainability mm -hmm. you're going to find that segment yeah but you you've got to have hopefully a board that does have enough vision to want to look at each of the generations that's our future because, well, we, we found a, a law firm in Oklahoma City that's the same sort of thing. They said, we've got to have lawyers from each generation. We want somebody older. We want the 60-year-olds. We want the 50-year-olds, the 40, the 30, the brand-new lawyers. We want some from each of those decades in our business because we want that 
mindset. We want to know what that age group is thinking to know how to do our business. It's very important. And we've taken that idea and brought that back. Now, it was a law firm, but it was that idea of wanting to hone in and have somebody on the board or help running the board from that generation. Well, one of the things we're spending a lot of time So you don't have everybody on the board in their 50s set. We have a younger board now, and I think uh, if you've been attending the meetings, of course, we're, we're really concerned with the carrying on uh, once we're all gone. You know? Sure. Uh, some clubs are a co-op and they die off or, 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 or single proprietors and we know what happens there. Uh, we're very much in, in, in tune, attuned to the fact that we are getting older, we're not going to be around forever, and bringing the younger people in here. And the younger people with their kids, uh, even if the kids themselves when they grow up don't want to be nudists, at least they know what it's about so they're not uh, they're not against it and hostile toward sure. uh, and so it's so invo- and very very important to have younger people in here and the, the music we play and the, the things we have and the, the pickleball was a good example we had a sand volleyball uh, the, uh, court for a year so we took that down put a, a pickleball court in. Uh, that sort of thing. It's important, and we we do surveys every so often to get to tune uh, the pulse of the people coming in that are in their thirties and twenties. And, and, and what and do you want? What do you want? Mm-hmm. What would attract you to keep you here? Keep you exactly. Do you get a lot of pushback from some of the older members of the board when they? I mean, I, I've gone to a few of the meetings, and I, I'm speaking as the the next generation down yeah, from yes. the founding generation, I guess you'd say. I see some hesitancy and reluctance to any kind of change. Well, you're going to find re- re- hesitancy it, to change is, is always It's human, human nature. nature. I mean, I get yeah, that. But, but not, not really. I don't think so. They they have to open their eyes and realize that do you want this place to be around in 20 years or not? Exactly. And and so you have to understand So that. your advice to someone who's in, 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 in a club or maybe involved in a club, we're not speaking outside of Oak Lake for a minute now, is don't be resistant to change. Exactly. And if the change is good. Because we've seen too many clubs through the years that we've watched that one was our sister club they went defunct they opened the same year we did where was this one uh, it was called NHI, NHI down near Houston Natural Horizons oh, okay. something yeah. and, and also because the, the, we had a lot of complaints down there from some of the uh, the members he says we want to help we want to build this and help them build that and, and the owners for whatever reason resisted every any kind of help well, we're, we're not that way here we're open-minded I hope and anybody has any ideas about what to do? Everything you see around here is somebody's idea at one time or another. Right. And so when uh, we, we follow through with it, if we you know we put the funds to it, we allocate the funds to it. If it's something that uh, we think we need to do, and uh, no, we I would think we, we we hunger for having younger people come in with new ideas, fresh ideas. That's what we're about. And anybody who says not they don't they're against that, then then I don't know why they're here. They don't want it to just last. And it was here for them. Let's have it here for the, the next few generations. And so I think it's very, very important to, to keep an open mind yeah. in that respect. And the music, you know, I'm of the old generation. I'm a, I'm played trumpet for years and, and I, I like jazz. Well, that's not something most people, young people would like. So uh, I wouldn't even think about putting the, you know, maybe <laughs> if they heard it, they probably would like it, but that's not what they hear. So, but yeah, it's... I would be up for a jazzy scotch and cigar night. Hey, it's not good to me. <laughs> that's good to me. But at any rate, yeah, so... Uh, well, I will say that this interview it took a, a turn that I wasn't <laughs> expecting, but I I really enjoyed it because I'm I think we're gonna when we when we publish it I'm gonna 
you know, a history, a, a snapshot of, of a nudist resort. This is Oak Lake Trails. This is this is how we've got to where we're at and what's been successful to us. It might inspire a club that's, you know, yeah. somewhere we else hope. trying to start. You we know. hope. We yeah, hope. We, yeah, I mean, I think it, I, it didn't, this isn't what I expected the, the interview to be, but I, I've really enjoyed the conversation. You know, I, I, we have well, had questions about uh, from people that... I'm gonna. In fact, we had a guy last summer. Uh, I'm gonna start a club up in I think it was Michigan somewhere. What do I need to do? Who do I need to talk to about what ideas? And so well, we talked a long time. I said, you know, maybe call uh, these people down here in Paradise or talk to people here. Or Paradise, go visit this club. Sure, yeah, sure. it may be similar. And you know, uh, so yeah, I, I'm encouraging. It's it's never good to see a club fail. Right. Or go down. And, and we are losing more well, we clubs are. than we're and, gaining. And the, I think one of the biggest things is that the property it sits on is getting more and more valuable, and people think they can make more money by selling it. And uh, I think uh, the single proprietorship has a lot to do with yeah, it, like Gary said. Because there's a club in Texas now that uh, they're up for sale, and it's because... It's, she's retiring. She's retiring. Yeah, and we're going there next week. Yeah, that's where we're going next week. And so, uh, she says, I've been doing this for 25 years. And I'm going, well, we've been doing it for over 30. And then I'm thinking, why? But we're not involved well, like she is. Yeah, yeah, true. But, you know, you get people around you to help. And, you know, we didn't try to do this ourselves. We try to get people and, and, and get ideas. And I say, I look at this board, and I marvel at the talent we have on our board right Just now. Just pure talent. They knew, they took the ball that we gave them and they sprinted with it. I mean, I was walking, they sprinted with it. Mm -hmm. And they have done really, really so much. I was president of the Anner Education Foundation for 14 years. And uh, I didn't Couldn't have do the, much. I didn't it. have the time to devote because I was running this place and flying for 15 days a month. All this. I have seen what these people have done. They have done marvelous things with it. They have taken off where I couldn't imagine. They have done because, more than we ever could. Because they had talents and knowledge that I didn't have. And so, if you don't tap that, you're, you're foolish. If you want something to grow, then you got to be open-minded, accept younger people's ideas, and uh, absolutely. I don't know why anybody is resistant to that kind of change, honestly. Yeah, with the Anner Education Foundation, when he got the list of the people that wanted to run for the board, I'm reading through them going, we don't need to choose, we need to take every single one of these people. No, they were, it's so. kind of hard to do that. But, <laughs> well, we did. Yeah, really? But they did. Because well, we have a man out here who's got a PhD who teaches anthropology or something, and uh, there are members out here. But I'm talking uh, about the Education uh, Foundation. Oh, Tom and Kara. There was yeah, a, and, yeah, uh, and then a member from here wanted to join, and it was great that they were able to take him because he's a professor. That's what I'm talking about. In, yeah. Yeah, yeah, professor in Tulsa. So we got some, we got some really good people, well-educated people, capable people, and that's what you need. Uh, okay, so I'm going to wrap this up with a question um <laughs> it, and no this is this is going back you know this has been a, like i said this this took a, a life that i wasn't expecting and i really enjoyed it and, and i'm gonna do some i'm gonna do it justice when we do our intro and stuff and i'm gonna i'm i think i think this is great for people who are nudists to understand the workings of a club and what mm -hmm. it is that a club is and and, and how how it how important it is to have a place like oak lake trails to go so you can have that moment of loving the skin you're in but you, yes. you have to be safe so this well, is it's this kind is, of a, a look into the inner workings of a exactly club. Yes. exactly and, rather than the inner workings of how we feel about ourselves yeah, <laughs> yeah. But i've i feel like i've been blessed in that sense because i've never been physically abused which is maybe that i've said it i've <laughs> oh, no, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> knock on wood but anyway oh, i feel very fortunate there and um our daughter loves this life and she loves it out here and so I'm very thankful oh, for that. And my, it, yeah. 
husband's always been a good person and you know we've always felt good about ourselves nobody's ever demeaned me or anything you, you you folks have done pretty much everything i guess within the realm of what a nudist lifestyle is but do you have we talked about a bucket list another do you have a to-do list you'd still like to do you've done this for so long you've you've been involved in every aspect of exactly. this is there anything you haven't done that you'd like to do well we've been oh, on gee. 10 nude cruises and so you know that's a whole different thing. Di different thing. And I could talk another hour about it. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that it's probably selfish to say this, but uh, being in the military for 20 years and, uh, and then flying for an airline for 17, uh, just to stay home. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, we, at, we gave yeah. up a concert last night just so we could stay home and watch the, watch a. PBS program on Benjamin Franklin, which was fascinating. <laughs> well, that wasn't also it was raining like hell too, and but but because we have to walk anyway. But uh, yeah, we we did. I know. I, we, I we guess I've to been a, so many places, been on so many cruises, been to so many different inner clubs, been to so many different inner meetings. Well, as far as book, I don't know. I don't know. Have so any, your bucket list bucket is to list stay is home to and, and watch documentaries <laughs> or come out here. Watch our grandchild grow up. We but, come out. We get to come out here. Yeah. And it, it's like where else, you get to let your hair down and kind of. Where else can you relax. get on a bicycle and, and bike nude over 14 miles of trails? Exactly. And uh, you know, I was saying I just put the wheel back on the golf cart. When I took it off, I was totally nude. Everything we've done out here, built. I helped Cliff, Cliff build this place. Everything we do, anything I do at home, is, is totally nude uh, when I can. Yeah. Uh, it's not freezing. So yeah. it's 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 just it's a freedom that is so much fun. Much much more fun when you're nude, and you can do that here. Yeah. And, you know, somebody said being a nudist is somebody who enjoys being nude and being around somebody else. Uh, others enjoy being nude. Yeah, we talk about this a lot. That, uh, the, being a naturist or a nudist, it's not mm -hmm. about seeing nude. No. It's about being nude. Yeah, right. It's the freedom that comes with that, yeah. exactly. being comfortable, loving the skin you're in. Exactly. You're just, yeah. that, that is the... The, I, the core, I guess, for why mm -hmm. we enjoy what we're doing is because, you know, we're so comfortable in mm -hmm. our environment yeah. and so comfortable with who we are and what we are as a person. It's so natural. It, it, it's, it's about being nude, not yeah. seeing nude. Yeah. It's yeah. not a voyeuristic thing. No, it's, it's not. It's not a sexual thing. It's just, it's a freedom. And thing. we've had people out here who've had horrible deformities. Mm-hmm. And they found such peace to be out here mm -hmm. for them. They... They, it was just something that I don't even think they could really describe. Sure. And, and and the key to that is to have a place like Oak Lake Trails to be able to experience that. We've had people say that coming out here for two days is like relaxing for two weeks anywhere else. And I thought that's interesting. That's uh, neat. I know after coming out here for 32 years, more than once I've talked to a couple that I would just meet walking on the trails when I would be walking on the trails. And I just, I always ask, you know, what brings you out here? And in several cases, it was people who had a loved one in the hospital somewhere that they just had to get away from, and this is where they came. Wow. It brought them peace. It mm -hmm. gave them that peace. Well, folks, this has been great. Thank you so much for sitting with us. Like I said, this well, is, I this, this conversation. <laughs> yeah, we had we had something in mind, I but I, I, I questions. <laughs> no, I told you we let it we let it develop yeah. organically yeah. and. Mm -hmm. This is probably this episode's probably going to be very popular amongst our membership or members of other clubs. Uh, maybe not so, so much as a promotional uh, piece for nudism, but it does. It gives you an idea of what it takes to create a place like this, 
and the dedication and the and, and the, the the vision and and the work you know well, and, 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 and I appreciate what Oak Lake Trails is so much more since I've started talking to folks like you we've been coming here another coming up on our eighth summer wow. so yeah. we've been around for a while and we we have really gotten emotionally invested by mm -hmm. talking to people and, th and that's a big part of the experience because we're emotionally invested in the club we're emotionally invested with the friends and people of the club and we're also invested in the vision of what being a nudist right. is so i mean it's this is like i said this is not what i expected <laughs> but i i thank you so much i'm going to do a very good job of describing this well, so people that, yeah. who listen to the when you're listening to the podcast this is not what you're used to but you know what that's okay because one of the things we talked about when we first started the podcast is we're going to talk about trip report it wasn't just about body positivity it's a big part of it that's why we're here sure. but we're going to talk about different resorts we were talking about maybe doing trip reports and things so to give a snapshot of the nudist world is, is just as important as saying hey you can be comfortable in this world so this has been great and i want to say thank you thank you very much oh thank you for doing thank this. you for doing this yes. thank it. you it's great talking with you Thank you for listening to another episode of the Love the Skin You're In podcast. Brenda and Gary are two amazing people that with a lot of help and a lot of hard work and a lot of vision, help create a place for people to experience the freedom that is nude recreation. By learning to love the skin we're in, we're able to enjoy life in such a way that most people can't even imagine. When folks like Brenda and Gary speak, our generation, the next generation, needs to listen. That they, they know what they speak about. They have incredible insight. They have incredible histories to share that we can learn from and build upon to continue wholesome nude recreation in a safe environment at a place like Oak Lake Trails. As we discussed in the conversation, there's a lot of resorts out there that are gone by the wayside. Every day we lose another one. And that comes from, I would say, a lack of vision and a lack of ability to adapt to change. I think the success of Oakley Trails is in the business model that they spoke about, where we everybody's got some skin in the game. There's not one person calling all the shots. You surround yourself with excellent people and you have excellent results. And that's something to be, you know, you take note of that. The great thing about Oak Lake Trails and the things that Gary and the people came with him and before him and after him have been able to accomplish is to provide a safe space where people can be comfortable in their own skin, enjoy the benefits of nude recreation, and understand that they are valued for the person they are. They can't be comfortable with the skin they're in. They can learn to love themselves like no one else can because they are at peace with their bodies in a place that brings peace. So I wanted to say thank you once again to Brendan Gary for sitting with us. I hope you'll tune in as we move forward as in this new season that we're getting into right now. If you'd like to be part of the podcast, of course, you can reach out to us on Twitter. You can send us an email at lovetheskinyouarein2023 at gmail.com. You can make some comments on the show notes on the Spotify page. Reach out. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to tell your story or you want to discuss your concerns, we're here for that. So thank you again, listeners, for listening to the Love the Skin You're In podcast, and we look forward to many more episodes to come.
Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Love the Skin You're In podcast. Your hosts, Nisi and Bill, hope you enjoy the show and will come back and join us as we explore body acceptance and self-empowerment through social nudity. We hope that this podcast will help show you that you too can love the skin you're in.